All right, guys, it's time for the next Level Guy Show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats, covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. Today's guest is Sterling Cooper. Sterling is an award-winning adult film star and sex coach to thousands of men, with his goal to help men become better lovers and eliminate issues such as premature ejaculation and performance anxiety. Sex is a learnable skill set like any other, and you too can build the skills to connect with, date and sleep with high-quality partners. His aim is to help you destroy the most common mental triggers, thought patterns and mindfucks that cause men to lose their mojos in the bedroom and help you find the sex that you want and deserve. Through his work, he strives to emphasise the importance of undoing the damage that modern society has done to men by teaching them to embrace unapologetic masculinity and live a life more in touch with their true nature. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've been wanting to have you on for a while now. You're somebody who's got quite a unique backstory. How do you tell people who you are? What's the bio you give them? Oh, uh, well, these days I say I'll, I'll tell them I'm uh, a retired porn star. Well, a retired adult, uh, award-winning adult film star. More of a polite way to say it. I uh, used to be a high-class male companion. I also used to be in the swinger scene, and now I'm uh, repenting my uh, my past sins. Right, I, I take that plethora of experience performing under high pressure scenarios shall we say in the bedroom and i use that knowledge to help the average guy perform better in the bedroom and help him overcome all the the problems guys can face in the, in the bedroom like erectile dysfunction premature ejaculation delayed ejaculation performance anxiety and uh, help them to be better lovers and, and please their their partner and uh, yeah live a more fulfilling sex lives Oh, I like it. So, I mean, sex is a learnable skill, but a lot of guys just assume that they're fucked if they can't do it, if they haven't got a big enough cock. You know, it's excuses, it's excuses. But what was that turning point for you that you just thought, I want more from life. I just need to find who I am. And then you did all these amazing things from it. But what did what was that point that you thought, fuck this, I want more? I mean, it was. It, I was actually running a business at the time. I was running a uh, like a healthy food delivery business back in Australia, and I was like grinding away like sixteen hour days every day for like a year or two. About, about actually about two years, like nonstop grind before like you know was able to get a little bit of a breathing breathing room. And I I was having a lot of conflicts with my business partner. We weren't really seeing eye to eye. We weren't really getting along. And I just sat down for a few days and I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I going through all this, this rigmarole, this hell? And I'm like, okay, well, let's be honest. Be totally honest with yourself. Like, what, what do you want? And I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm working hard so I can make money. All right, well, why do I want money? And I'm like, if I'm totally honest, it's because I want to travel around the world having sex with beautiful women. I'm completely honest with myself. This is me at the, you know, this is me in my like mid to late twenties. And then, and then finally, I just said, well, I'll just cut out the middleman and I'll get paid to do that. And so I managed to find my way, you know, into, uh, into, the, into adult entertainment. And yeah, the rest is kind of history after that. I mean, so many guys do come into this because it's almost like it's an under the table thing. You know, we're taught, okay, sex education for reproduction. You know, there's no orgasms, kinks. There's none of the the stuff that you find on your own. So, and if you don't get that kind of partner, you're screwed. So what kind of similarities do you see in the problems guys come to? You know, is it now that you can just literally know off the top of your head, they're going to have this because I can see that problem in them? 
there's a lot of, of patterns you start to recognize. Um, guy, guys kind of come to me and they think their, their situation is really like unique. And, and uh, you know, at this stage, I've been, I've been teaching guys for like three years now, and it's really not that unique. Um, like the, the same, because the same underlying root causes of all these problems are the same, right? Uh, so, okay, like his, his circumstances might be slightly different, but the fundamental problem, the root cause is still the same, right? So if we can just, and it's always a case of, you know, he'll come to me with some sort of surface level information, and then I'll have to like dig a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, a little, a little bit deeper. And then we get down to like, okay, what are his, what are his lifestyle habits like? What are his, you know, what's his diet like? What's his exercise like? Um, what's his nutrition like? What's his sleep like? What's his stress levels like? What's his uh, kind of like men- mentality in and out of the bedroom with this particular girl? Is she, is he, is he putting on a pedestal or is she, you know, is he not putting on a pedestal? Um, what's his self-esteem and self-confidence like in relation to the bedroom? And once we sort of, if we find out all these things, then it's very, very easy to diagnose exactly what the problem is and then come up with a solution for a guy. Um, so I think there's not, there's not really a problem that I've come across that I haven't been able to help with a guy because they all, in at least my experience, they all tend to come from very, very similar causes. No, it's a great answer. I mean, because that's the thing, isn't it? If we have all these beliefs that our story is unique, that we're like such a hard done by little soldier and all these kind of things and a lot of times it's like you're saying it's mental triggers it's the thought patterns that you can just go no no here's the proof why this i've done thousands of people who have showed you know fixes and resolutions you said um what is it um masculinity becomes revived through bedroom mastery why does our kind of as men you know is that our polarity to be the lovers to connect to people to you know to reproduce all these sort of things why does our masculinity come through that oh no there we go all right i don't remember that which i said you might you might see that was it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah so like the bedroom is like this one place that guys are still allowed to be men uh outside of the bedroom, we get told we're toxically masculine, we get told we're misogynistic, we get told we're this, we're, that, we're, we're dangerous, we're this, we're that, um, you know. And But all that disappears in the bedroom. Like in the bedroom, women still want men to be men. Women still want men to take charge. Women still want men to be dominant. Women still want men to, to you know, be the leaders in that scenario. And I think that, you know, when you have, let's say you're, you're in a relationship and the dynamic is a bit off, um, you know, that you're arguing all the time or there's um, there's conflicts and your your natural gender roles let's let's say are kind of off balance i have seen people fix that very very well fix that dynamic correct that dynamic through attacking the bedroom first and attacking the dynamic in the bedroom the, the that masculine polarity and that feminine polarity and if and it can st- and that the the good part about that is it can start with the guy taking responsibility. It can start with the guy, you know, making moves, doing certain things, doing certain actions, which rein- like reinforce his masculine polarity. And she and wo- the woman will naturally respond well to that. Women don't want to be the ones that are that are taking responsibility and being in charge, particularly in the bedroom. They would much rather the man. They would much rather be able to let go and release and have the man take charge. And that's, that's that natural, I believe that's that natural male female polarity. And so when you, when you can learn to master your own body and your own mind in the context of the bedroom, and you can learn to get back in touch with that natural male female dynamic, I think it fixes a lot of things. And I think it starts to fix things outside of the bedroom as well. It starts to fix your own attitudes, it starts to fix the relationship dynamic, your, your, her attitude towards you, your attitude towards her, and uh, things start falling into place, you know, like I've had, I've had couples reach out to me, uh, you know, who've intimate, met the men in particular who've implemented some of my teachings, and then he's like, oh, she's not nagging anymore. She's not nagging me to take the trash out. She's not nagging me to do this and that, to pick the kids up from school. She's doing more things. She's, she's you know, doing her part now in the bedroom, where before it was very one-sided on the guy's half. And all, all it took was him, you know, 
stepping up, giving her what she really needed, which was the knowledge and the, the feeling that he is the man in her life. And then immediately she's more secure in her relationship. She's more secure in her choice of her partner and she's happier again. And then he's happier. So it's, it's just a win-win all around. Um, that's why, you know, that I'm very, very grateful to be able to help guys in this way because it's come from, you know, my, my knowledge and experience have come, has come from a shady background to say the least. Right. But at least I've at least been able to take that and turn it into something positive for, for a large, large number of men. Does that kind of not scare, but does it kind of shock you? Like how little some people know about sex, about connection, that so many guys don't know about what women really want, you know, that they don't understand the true depths of depravity that women want, the kind of stuff that they're into, you know, like, I mean, I've, use toys and fucked and toilets and all these things. guys go oh no my girl's not into that and you're like whoa you know and i've lost who i was back then and i'm trying to reclaim that and that's why i'm so keen to have you on but what has what's been an adult performer a swinger an escort taught you about what women want and the kind of differences between what guys think they want and what women actually want yeah, I mean, a lot of guys are very ignorant to the kind of darker side of female sexuality and female, you know, fantasies. They're, they're definitely ignorant to that, and that's and that's deliberately kind of done through, you know, romantic comedies, uh, you know, mainstream mainstream movies, Hollywood, like all the all the sex scenes and, and the relationships, you, relationship dynamics you see in all those mainstream movies and, and sitcoms and things is usually the bumbling idiot man, and then. The, the competent, very masculine woman eventually like falling for him for some retarded reason. And, uh, you know, the, the sexual dynamic, the sexual polarity, the sexual tension in that relationship is trash. It's, and it, that's, that's what men are just sort of from, from childhood, that's what men have taught that male, female, you know, sexual relationships are like. They're not taught the truth, you know. I mean, that's why books like Fifty Shades of Grey did so incredibly well because it tapped into something in female nature that, that they were missing, they were craving mm. in the outside world. And as a, a really good book, and even uh, I'm not a big fan of that book in general, but uh, there is a book that I recommend every guy read, and that's called My Secret Garden by Nancy Friday. And if you haven't heard of this book, it was not, it's an old book, actually. I believe it was like 80s. Um, and, it, and Nancy Friday worked for the New York Times, I believe, and she put out an advertisement in the New York Times asking for women to write anonymously, write in their, their deepest fantasies. And she just collected this, this, uh, yeah, this, this collection of women's fantasies and put it into a book and uh, called it My Secret Garden. And you, you start going through that book as a young man. I think I read that book in my, early, my mid-20s, I think. And that blew my mind. I was like, wow, there is some perverted, dark twisted stuff in this book that all these women are right you know and there's a lot of consistencies in there um, consistent patterns of things and consistent fantasies and lo and behold most of them have to do with being dominated in some way you know be either mentally emotionally or physically being submissive to a man uh, very in an extreme way and so I think guys would do themselves a big favor to learn that that side of female nature. I don't think it's due to our, I personally don't think it's due to our more degenerate society that we live in right now. Um, I think this has kind of always been with us. I think it's just the human nature. I think if you took away like MTV music videos, you took away Hollywood, you took away pornography, I think we would still, I think women would still have that desire in them. Maybe it wouldn't be manifested so uh, so extreme, but the desire for dominant, uh, a dominant, a passionate dominant lover would still exist. So, yeah, it, it does kind of. I mean, does it shock me that guys aren't aware of this? Not really, because the, the vast majority of men haven't been exposed to it in any way. Um, you know, they get told one, they get sh told one thing or shown one one side of reality, and then the real stuff is happening over in the background, and they never get to see it. Uh, and that's just a case of most men not really uh, not either not having access to 
you know, women who are a bit more uh, forthcoming and open and honest with their sexual fantasies, or they've never been with a woman who's explored that in their own personal life. So, hmm. I mean, because that can be sometimes the greatest thing. And I can think of girlfriends where it was literally you open that kind of tap and she was like, let's try this, let's buy this, and let's buy that. And now when I think back, I'm like, how the hell did I manage that? Because I went on to this mission of creating this podcast. I was going to get do the work and all that. And I became this chump who didn't go out. And I was thinking, how do you do this again? And I think a big thing is, is like, you could, if you're great in bed, that's brilliant. You keep them around for a bit. But if you don't have your own mission, if you don't have your own values, if you don't see yourself as high value... Do you think they go in hand in hand? The guys have kind of lost, you know, they've almost been taught to, you've got to ask for permission. You've got to be told what to do. How do we, you know, establish ourselves, love ourselves again, you know, be high value men to build the attraction, but keep it and do our own thing? I mean, well, it literally starts with what you what you, you mentioned at the beginning. You got to have you got to have a purpose and a mission in life. You got to have something that's greater greater than yourself. You have to have something that's a challenge to pursue. Like one of the worst things that can happen to a man is for him to not have anything worth pursuing. You know, some some men have it all. Some 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 men get it all in in the early stages of their life, and then their life is shit after that. I mean, I'm sure lots of people can. Probably no story, personal stories of, you know, guy, you might, you know, the, the cliche, like Jock, who was, uh, you know, popular in high school, head of the, in America, like he's head of the football team or the basketball team or in Australia, he's the, you know, the, the footy club captain or the, or the cricket captain hmm. in England, maybe it's, you know, or in Scotland, maybe it's, he's, the, he's the soccer, you know, the, the actual football uh, captain or whatever. And he sort of peaks in high school, he gets, doesn't have anything else to chase. And then his his time in, in the spotlight disappears and he's not pursuing anything else. And those kind of men start to die on the inside very, very quickly. Because I think men need challenges, they need obstacles, they need adversity. Otherwise, it, it, our life becomes meaningless, really. Um, I think men are truly happiest when they're kind of putting themselves through pain, in a way. And it's a ma- manageable pain, obviously. It's not something that's just overwhelming and you can't, you can't deal with, but a degree of like pain and discomfort constantly in your life, it actually gives you that fire, uh, you know, fire and, and a drive to pursue things and to what to jump out of bed in the morning and to, and to win consistently for not just yourself, but for your, your, your wife, or your girlfriend, your family, your loved ones, your kids, whatever. So having uh, my, my, one of my early mentors used to make sure like we sort of drill this into us, this idea of like big, hairy, audacious goals. Like every goal you set should be so unrealistic that it, it seems almost impossible because then at least you're going to be doing something ridiculous. At least, at least then you're going to be doing something fun and exciting. At least then you're going to be, you know, if you, if you aim, you know, what's that old saying? You aim for the stars and you'll, you'll land amongst the, the, the clouds or some crap like that. But the idea is like you aim really, really incredibly high and then you're going to, you're going to at least do significantly better than the average person whose goals and aspirations tend to be very, very mediocre. So I think, yeah, the, the very the very basis, the very foundation of being that kind of guy who's going to be, let's say, high value, and let's say, and, and is able to keep women around because he's just so interesting and he's so um, accomplished is simply by setting higher goals and pushing yourself to achieve them because that's going to round you out as a man in all aspects of your life. You're going to be able to handle stress better. You're going to be able to handle people better. You're going to be, ideally, you'll be better socialized. You'll have a greater skill set. You'll be able to make more money. Um, hopefully you'll stay on top of your health and your fitness and you'll, you'll make sure you, you fire all cylinders and then that's going to make you a well-rounded and attractive man. It's, there's, no, there's, no, there's really no uh, like one secret thing that's going to attract every single woman because women are very, very good at discerning men's real character. They're very good at discerning uh, fakers. Mm-hmm. They're very good at discerning if a guy is, is uh, say, f- like fronting, if a guy is making, making stuff up, right? And so... If he's not who he authentically says he is, so that's why you have to be, you have to become a well-rounded guy. You have to, if you if there's certain aspects of your life that you leave un, uh, unanswered, if you don't pay attention to them, not only are other people, especially women, going to notice that, but you're going to feel that internally, and you're going to feel that sort of pain, that nagging in the back of your head constantly. You know, if you if you 
if you're not working out, if you know you're not eating well, you know you're, not, you're out of shape, that's going to sit, sit in the back of your mind. You constantly be thinking about it. You know, if you go down to the beach, you want to have, an, have a nice relaxing day down at the beach, but you don't want to take your shirt off because you, you, you feel like you're a fat piece of shit. It's like, damn it. Like, that's always going to be there, you know? Or likewise, if, you, if, you, if you, you're really, really jacked, but you don't make any goddamn money, you, when, the, when it comes time to pay the rent, you're stressing out about that. It's like, oh, God damn it. Like, I can go down to the beach and I can relax there, but I'm thinking about paying rent. <laughs> so damn. being a man is not, is, not, uh, is not easy, man, because we've got, to, we've got to fire on all cylinders. But that's also, like, it's the double-edged sword because it makes life exciting. It makes things really, really exciting. You can, you can be whoever you want to be as a guy. You can really choose your own destiny. And it's like a choose-your-own-adventure book from when we were kids. You get to pick whichever path you want to take, man. And I kind of like that personally. So what would you say to guys listening who are like, you know, hamming and hawing and they're hitting the dopamine fix, you know, they're getting the light, chasing the likes, they're thinking, oh, if I DM her, I'll, you know, she'll be impressed with me and I like all her photos or, you know, like how do we break this bullshit chains of, you know, that we've got to be nice, that we've got to be sneaky, you know, she'll see our true value. Like how would you start changing habits now? You know, is it like just hardcore, no porn, get to the gym, eat healthy, sleep healthy? You know, like what advice would you start giving to people now to start making these changes? You know, because they can have a mission, but if they're not valued themselves, they're not going to do anything. How can we get past the self-improvement masturbation and actually start taking action? Yeah, good question. So I think... It's, it's best to focus on the thing that gives you the most pain because some people, I mean, like some guys might not be in, you know, they might be in an okay shape, but their finances are, are really screwed over, right? And so there's two things there. I guess that one, one you want to focus on the, the area of your life that gives you the most pain. So every aspect, like all problems in our life come from either health, wealth, or relationships. Those are the three areas of our life, right? So your problems come from one of those. Okay, so figure out what's where your biggest pain point is currently, and then you need to you need to start with small wins. You can, it's people will set like really audacious. I, I know I just said set big, hairy, audacious goals, but people will, will try to do everything at once. Like they'll try to fix their diet and hit the gym five days a week and start a new business and you know, talk to everyone when they stay on the street and start like a different relationship every couple of days. Like they'll try to do too many things simultaneously and they'll burn themselves out and not be able to focus on one thing and, and achieve enough to win, to get a little win. So find what your biggest pain point is and then find a way to get a small but easy win to start building momentum. And you focus and you focus and focus on slightly, slightly bigger goals, slightly, slightly bigger wins until you've actually got yourself some momentum and this this problem part of your life is now starting to get fixed because that self-esteem component is very very important if you if you you know you're, you're down in the, in the slums you're not feeling very very you know not feeling high self-esteem not feeling very confident about yourself well the easiest way to do that is to the easiest way to improve that is to get some small wins and get some small wins in an area that was causing negative self-esteem and negative self-image in the first place so yeah, that would be my that would be my advice to the average guy. Find the biggest biggest pain point and start with a very very small win that you can then get momentum on. Yeah, it's, it's cracking advice. I mean, because that's a a lot of guys is I'm going to change my entire life, and then the next day they sleep in until about nine o'clock and go, ah, well, I'll just give up. I yeah. mean, <laughs> so say we were starting to eat right, we're getting back in shape. I mean, for me, I mean, I put on a pile of weight when I stopped doing jiu-jitsu when I had digestive issues, and then that knocked on my sleep, and then I was eating crap. And before I knew it, I was like, completely had lost who I was. So for me, for example, it's where do I go to meet people? Where do I get, you know, to go back into this? Because I'm starting to improve all this aspects. So for guys listening, what's the best way to go meet people? You know, is it the tried and tested bars, clubs, restaurants? I mean, I always say about meet, meet up groups, social events, these sort of things. Where do you get your clients to start going out to meet these people before they can start building attraction and giving them the best sex of their life? Yeah, I mean, you've got to figure out what kind of women you want in the first place. So 
uh, like bars and clubs, and not necessarily where you're gonna you, you might not necessarily find a wife there. Uh, I know obviously, some people have, but it's probably not the best uh, bang for your buck in terms of finding like a long term partner who's gonna you know be a good mother, give you give you give you a bunch of chick kids and things like that. I I personally think finding the best places to find women in the Western world are like not in cities. They're actually small towns, you know, like, like obviously, you know, let's take the UK, for example, like small hamlets, small country towns, small little, small little villages, things that are not London, things that are, things that are not London, Glasgow, Manchester, Liverpool, basically <laughs> any of these places outside of that, you're going to start to, you're going to find people who are a lot more, I guess, down to earth, uh, less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Less, uh, Maybe less narcissistic, maybe a little bit less egotistical, maybe a little bit less uh, superficial. That was the word no, I was talking about. Definitely a level of fakeness in the city. You know, the acting of. And you can have like you, you can totally have you can definitely have fun. So there's you have to weigh up the pros and the cons. Like, you know, big cities you're going to get there's a lot more people there's a lot more people women you can interact with on a far more frequent basis. Like you said at bars and clubs and things like that. And the thing that the beautiful thing about England is that, that there's there's pubs everywhere. And the women actually frequent the pubs, <laughs> so there is actually there is actually plenty of option opportunity for you to to practice your social skills and just walk up to a pretty lady and ask her out, or walk up to a pretty lady and ask 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 for a name and for for a number and just practice it. Get and more importantly, get get practice at getting rejected because you're going to get rejected. Everybody's going to get rejected. Everybody everybody does. The, the, the most handsome men I know still get rejected. And so, but the but the more you do it, the more immune immune you become to it and then that makes you more charming and that makes you more confident and actually increase your self-esteem your self-esteem should not in that field it would say in the, in the field of like women your self-esteem should not be derived from like the results you get it should be derived from the action that you take so you should feel um even if you got you walked up to a pretty girl at a bar and you got rejected you should feel amazing afterwards because you did it right because you took action because you you, you grabbed yourself by the balls and you actually went and did something it should, your, your self-esteem should not be tied to any particular outcome. I think that's a very, very important thing for guys to internalize. Um, so obviously like, that's big cities, right? But then where do you find, where do you find all the good girls that aren't in the big cities that you want to look for, look for someone who's a bit more long-term? Okay. Again, it depends what kind of girl you're into. Are you into like a nerdy girl who, who maybe goes to like plays ball games or Magic the Gathering or like uh, or computer games on the weekend? Or are you into a girl who's like, who likes to read books? Does she hang out at the library? Or are you into a girl who actually looks after her, her Physique and her appearance. Maybe she's at the nail salon. Maybe she's a hairdresser. Maybe she's down. Maybe she's at a beach. Maybe she's uh, you know off uh, walking through a park. You have to. It's it's kind of exactly the same as uh, as sales in a way, like sales and marketing, right? When you're selling a product, you want to know who the target the target demographic is. Like, okay, if, I, if for example, with my with my products, right, my target demographic is men between the ages of twenty five and thirty five who are interested in relationships, dating. Or have some kind of problem in the bedroom. That's basically my target demographic. So if you're looking for a particular type of woman, then within the first step is to find out what you're actually into. Like, do you have? Because that will give you standards for a start, and it'll allow you to, to to vet women a lot better too for like long term relationships. Okay, so have a criteria. List a criteria of the kind of woman you're even after. What are what are her interests? What are her hobbies? What's her age? Where is she from? Things like this, and then you can actually start practically. Uh, dialing in where those women actually are and then yeah and then keep practicing i love that way of looking at it. it's like you should be proud of that you did it rather than the result of it you know and because so many guys it's they beat themselves up because she said no it's like well there's seven billion women on the planet or whoever it is like get there's another one there i used to do the one i so you, like I, I can't think about the time i wasted going back to it and I'm probably now still have bullshit that I'm you know stuck on I mean I, I used to use I don't know if you know real social dynamics it used to be the pickup company uh, yeah. one of their I think it was Aussie the instructor he had this thing called physical game where you would grab their hand and spin them round and pull them up to the bar and you know it wasn't like anything creepy but it was you broke the unwritten rules of it and then they talked about vocal tonality and all these sorts of things and you know, it got a bit creepy with the routines and stuff that they used to do. But how do you find that guys can be building that attraction? You know, like getting them, because I think you, you say, what was it? Getting them wet between the legs. You know, how do we, 
what kills and builds attractions, you know, like from getting them to sleep with you that night to wanting to come home with you. How do we be men again without being the Me Too men, the creepy bastards, right. you know? Yeah, I think there's something guys are actually worried about is that whole Me Too stuff. They're very, the average guy is very, very paranoid about that. Um, I think a bit overly paranoid about it, honestly, because you know, most of us don't have a, don't have are not minor celebrities. We don't have a reputation to actually destroy in the first place. Mm. So, what what are the kind of things that will help help guys become across as a lot more attractive? I personally think. I mean, you did you did mention a couple of things there already, like vocal tonality, being able being able to speak calmly, and you know, rhythmically pace, pace your speech, pause, be uh, not rushing through your words. Cause that's something we tend to do. Basically everything I'm going to say right now is really just displaying like uh, calm, relaxed, confident energy versus like nervous and uh, anxious and t- intimidated kind of energy. So think about the way that a guy would talk if he was very, very nervous, he's going to, he's going to, his throat's going to tighten up, his, his pitch is going to increase. He's going to try to rush his words out versus a guy who's a lot more calm and relaxed and confident when he's talking to a lady, he's going to be, I mean, we'll get onto eye contact in a second, but he's going to be looking to it, looking at it dead in the eye. And he's going to be talking very calmly, projecting, enunciating, not in a rush to deliver his point. And that like, this is, these, these are all the, this is what's called like sub communication, right? This is the, the communication that's not done with words. It's, really is our body language, but it conveys our, our sense of self. It conveys our, our self-esteem. It conveys our, our current emotional state at that time that we're talking to that person. And these are things that women pick up on. Like two men can say the exact same thing. They can say the exact same line to a woman and one will succeed and one will fail. And that's all down to their body language and their tonality and the way they present themselves, right? So speaking calmly and relaxed is very very important having calm relaxed body language being open being being uh, not being you know closed off and and fidgeting and you know touching your face and touching yourself constantly but being being open relaxed these all again these are this is a these are body language cues that demonstrate that you're a calm confident individual eye contact i personally think is extremely important i think a lot of guys don't do eye contact uh that don't focus on eye contact enough. They're either too creepy with their eye contact where they're just glaring at somebody <laughs> and uh, you know, never never looking away, never breaking it, or they're too timid and they never look at a woman in the eyes. Hmm. Women, there's, there's, a, there's a fine kind of balance there and that obviously comes through experience, but if you're able to look a woman dead in the eyes while you're talking to her, or, and even more importantly, maintain eye contact with her when she's talking to you, it's incredibly powerful. And that can, you, if you do it correctly, you can feel the sexual tension between you and a woman building up without anything, without, you could be talking about the weather you could, and you're not touching each other. But if that eye contact is there and it's intense, then you can start to feel that sexual tension build. And that's what I talked about. That's what I'm, that's what I'm referring to when I'm saying, you know, getting them wet between, uh, wet between the legs. And then on top of that, something that I personally really like to use is like incidental physical contact when I'm talking with a woman. If our, if we're sitting down, you know, at dinner, if we're sitting down next to each other on, on, a, on a on a couch or something in a bar or, or wherever we might be, if my leg is suddenly just resting up against her leg, if there's some kind of or our butts are touching or like my arms around her or something like this, if there's some kind of incidental physical contact going on at all, like constantly, while we're just conversing, that that takes the interaction from like platonic to sexual, like instantly. And you will feel it as the guy. You'll notice it because she, she sure as hell will notice it. If you, that's another big thing to understand is like whatever, whatever kind of emotional state that you feel, she is going to feel as well and she's going to pick up on. So if you're nervous and anxious and intimidated, she's going to feel nervous and anxious and intimidated around you. She's not going to feel safe around you. If you're calm, the, the ideal state of, of, of mind is, is called is a calm arousal. Like you're... You're turned on by her, by her. You're into her. You're attracted to her. You're not, af- you're not afraid to express that, but you're also very, very calm in the way that you are expressing it. You know, it's not, you're not out of control. You're not, you're in control of it, of that arousal. You're not letting her kind of, uh, you know, like a, a, a puppy just running around, like out of, 
at uh, at its owner's behest. She she's not able to like affect you that much, but you're still attracted to her. You're still aroused by her, but you're calm in the way you do it. So I think that's very very important. Like having that underlying like sexual tension in an interaction with a woman is key to turning it to having it not be a platonic interaction. So you don't get friend zoned, but having it head in a positive direction. And so I think strong, strong intimate eye contact, good vocal tonality and incidental physical touching is like three really basic things that every guy can, can, and that's, and that's enough for a guy to like focus on. It's not like a, he doesn't have to remember like a million lines and a million different techniques and things like that. Yeah. He can just still talk about, he can still be himself. Obviously the art of the conversation is something that guys have to work on too. You have to learn to actually hold a conversation. But that's a bit, that takes a lot more practice. Those, those three really basic things any guy can implement within a day. And if you just, and those are the, found, the fundamentals. If you get those fundamentals down, then your interactions with women will be a hell of a lot better. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and level up. Because I suppose that kind of links into, you know, the polarity thing. We're talking about, you know, the male polarity against the female polarity, allowing her to be a female in that interaction and you taking the lead and, you know, taking control. And as you do more and more of these, you learn about yourself, you you become more attractive, you know, you're working on your mission, your your health, etc. So you start becoming more attractive and you build the reference points. So say you start taking somebody home, you know, you're getting going in the moment. You've been in front of a lot of guys, like, you know, camera crews and directors and stuff, so you have to perform with a lot of eyes on you. Now, I probably hold the record for having a threesome and being in my head. Two girls, one girl's eating the other one out, and I was sitting in my head thinking, what do I do? I'm feeling really awkward. Why Why are they not waiting for me, you know? And I can remember getting bored in a threesome. I, to this day, I still do not know how it happened. And it was the best moment of my life at the time. And I was thinking, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I can remember slotting in my head because I put it down to having depression, not being valued, you know, like all oh, this bullshit in my head. How do we switch out of that? Get in the moment, you know, because nowadays I don't need that to think about it. But for guys who struggle, you know, they're worrying about ejaculating too soon or not getting it up or whatever it is. How do we switch out of that? Get in the moment and just enjoy that connection with partner, partners, animals, whatever the fuck it is. Definitely not animals. Uh, <laughs> but basically, it's it's how we talk, it's how we talk to ourselves. Is that like that the self talk we give ourselves when you know, not just when we're with a partner in, in an intimate situation, but also when we're by ourselves. A lot of guys will have a, a very, very negative self-talk. They'll have very uh, negative impressions of themselves. They'll have very negative opinions of themselves, and that will manifest itself into these these symptoms, right? Like premature ejaculation or, or erectile dysfunction, right? And you know, let's let's take that hypothetical example of like you're in a threesome, and then you're not you're not um, you're starting to get anxious or nervous or whatever, right? Well, that to me that sounds like a guy who. Is, has low self-esteem. He's starting to think he's, he's wondering if he even deserves this, right? Well, definitely at the time, yeah. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm already hitting the nail on the head. But mm-hmm. so how do you? Okay. So how do we how do we fix that? How do we how do we take that pressure off myself? Or one, we start. It starts by having a stronger self-esteem. It starts by a, and you get you fundamentally get stronger self-esteem. You improve your self-esteem by in working on yourself and by understanding that. Again, this ties back into what I said about like talking to women, right? It's not the outcome, it's the that the process. You have to develop, you have to drive your self-esteem by taking actions in your day-to-day life that improve your life. 
So even if you just, even if you didn't, let's say you didn't even go to the gym today, let's say you just went for a, a 10 minute walk. That's better than doing absolutely nothing, right? At least you did something positive for your life. Let's say your diet wasn't perfect, but at least, but breakfast was really on point. Okay, great. It wasn't 10 out of 10, but at least I did some action. So like you can, that's personally the way I derive my self-esteem is like, am I doing the things I need to do every day? Um, you know, in my business, in my health, in my relationships, am I doing them to help build up my self-esteem? And over the course of a lifetime, that that eventually manifests as like unwavering confidence in yourself. Because you you know you are worthy of love. You know you're worthy of female attention because you've worked on yourself, because you're someone who values themselves, you're someone who has who holds themselves to a high standard, you're someone who takes consistent action. So it's it's all it's all positive. That's all that's an all that's, those are things that really compound on each other to create good positive self-esteem. Now the other thing that can happen with guys is that they they put too much pressure on themselves because they feel like they need to perform or meet a certain standard uh, in the bedroom, and this tends to lead to like performance anxiety, right? And premature premature ejaculation too. Actually, those two tend to be very very intimately linked, and they're linked because it's the idea of like the guy is putting pressure on himself to perform to a certain standard. The, the various forms of thoughts that are going on in this guy's head are like. Oh, if I don't do well, she won't like me. If I don't do well, she won't see me again. If I don't do well, uh, then I won't have sex again for another six months. I'll be back in a dry spell. Um, if you know, if she'll laugh at me if I if I come too early. And you know, what's the, there's a classic like saying: if I tell you not to think of an elephant, the first thing that pops into your head is typically going to be an elephant. Yeah. So, if your if your if your mind is constantly obsessed with these kinds of thoughts of. Oh, if I if this bad outcome happens, then these things are gonna are gonna that she's gonna think this or that's gonna happen or this is gonna happen. Well, you're already off to a bad start. So you have to really take to to be more in the moment and to take that pressure off yourself. You have to master the art of just letting go. And the it's like performing without performing. It's like you can you are fundamentally going to be a better lover and be more passionate and be more in the moment and be more expressive and, and enjoy it. Your partner's going to enjoy it more if you truly do not give a shit. <laughs> that's, that's kind of where you end up getting to. Um, like the, the guys who, and, and then once you start, once you get into that kind of more of a positive feedback loop of not really, not giving a shit and then your performance improves, well, then you start to tap into the, the your sexual ego in a way and you, you derive more confidence from the fact that you're performing well now, right? And that that leads to a more positive upward spiral where anytime you're interacting with a woman, you fundamentally know that you can rock her socks off. You, could, you fundamentally know you can rock her world because you've done it before, because you have that sexual confidence. But it starts with fixing this, uh, the, the pressure that we put on ourselves and really giving up, you really fundamentally have to give yourself permission to fail. That's what it really is. Like, because mm. you're just resisting, right? If you're if you're worried so much about your performance, if you're worried so much about failing and all these bad things that can happen, you're really just resisting a, a hypothetical example or a, hy- a hypothetical situation. So, okay, instead of resisting, what if we? What if instead of resisting that, you just said it's okay if that happened? What if you just allowed it to happen? And what you'll find is if you allow it to happen, it's probably not even going to happen. If you allow yourself to have a bad performance, just give yourself this one time off. Just say, you know what? I don't care if I bust a nut in 30 seconds. You know what? I don't care if I get a, if I don't get an erection right now. If you true and you allow yourself to truly feel that, allow yourself to truly just mark up like this. This one is going in the L column, and that's okay. Be okay with that. You would be surprised how well you will actually perform, and how much that will take off that take away that pressure, and start to teach your brain how to how to actually operate in the bedroom better. I mean, that's probably helps so many guys listening because I mean, I, I don't mind talking about it because to me it was like a learning experience. You know, when I look back now, I was like, it was like two different versions of me. I had the version that was in my head, but then when I got into the moment, it was some of the freakiest sex I'd had at the time. You know, and now when I look at the back, I'm like, 
you know, we used to do it on pub toilets, on car bonnets. Uh, you know, we used to use toys and, like, the girls would always be open to trying new things. They would then think about what they wanted to do. And, and then, you know, it's like that two dynamics. And I like that way of it's like your sexual ego. It's your that confidence. And to this, even now, I cringe when I think about it. But I also look back at it as one of the best experiences of my life because it was a two people I adored at the time. But also, it's probably a bad thing because I ended up having feelings for one while I was kind of dating the other one. Yeah, but that's another story. But how do we encourage women to be open in the bedroom? You know, how do we encourage them to chase their desires, to do our own desires? Like, you know, because you've got a great video on introducing BDSM, you know, the dominant stuff, more kind of risky sex kind of stuff. Um, or maybe that's not the word I'm looking for. You know, like the naughtier side of sex, as some would call it, where to other people it's just bread and butter. I mean, I've, you know, she was up for all sorts of like bat plugs and things like that. But you can't say that to anybody nowadays because it's seen as, oh, no, no, you that's your personal stuff. You don't share it. But a lot of girls are into that being spat on, dominated, spanked. Choke, all these sorts of things. So how do you, okay, so yeah, so how so how do you how do you kind of bring that out of a woman, right? It's uh, I mean, there's, there's obviously a few different ways to do it, but I th- I think that it's always a it's always going to be a, be a better situation if you're coming at something, you know, if you're just women want a guy who kind of just gets it. Women want women women always want a guy who kind of psychically already knows what she's into <laughs> and uh which is obviously incredibly hard to do so but you you start to recognize patterns over time and you start to recognize like oh okay this girl's probably into like having a hair pulled this girl seems to be into spanking this girl seems to be in, into like this or that a little bit more rough a little bit more of this a little bit more of that and so okay well how do we op- how do we open up to it well you don't necessarily you don't want to go from like zero to one hundred like straight off the bat. I don't personally think. I think it's far better to sort of start to, especially if it's a new partner, especially if you're not entirely sure and you, you as a you as a man are not entirely super experienced with it. You want to kind of baby your step, baby step your way into say more extreme things. And there's, let's let's take for example like using butt plugs or whatever, right? Or like let's let's take for example like, example anal sex. If you wanted to have anal sex with a woman, right? What, let's try. You try to try to break that thing down into like smaller, bite-sized things that were like that aren't as extreme as that. So what that what might that be? Well, that might be. It might start off at the lower end of that scale as like in doggy style, like just playing with the outside of her anus with your thumb, not sticking anything in her butt, but just playing with the anus. Like so, you're you're kind of you're creating you're linking the positive sensations she, she's getting from like penetrative sex to the sensation of having her anus played with, right? Okay, and then, then we move up from that to maybe maybe we start to like slip the thumb in there every now and then, right? And, and this is this is in a different sex session as well, not in the same sex session, it's in a different one. And then the next time, maybe you start to in, maybe you start to introduce buffaloes. Maybe you either, you either bring one or you tell her to buy one or you bring up the idea before you get to the bedroom of like getting a buffalo and then you start with that. Okay. And then you start to train her butt and then you start to then you start to experiment with anal sex. But you've you've basically baby stepped your way there, right? It's not just going, you haven't gone from zero to 100 instantly. You've done it in a way that allows her, very importantly, allows her to kind of to, to stop wherever she's comfortable. So you don't push a boundary, you don't force anything on a woman, obviously. But it also allows her to, maybe she never even considered this. Maybe she never even had the opportunity to experience this in a positive, pleasurable way. And so now you're giving her that opportunity. That's that's also a mental kind of model that you want to use to it to approach these things. You're giving her the opportunity to explore these things in a fun, safe way. So you can open up her sexuality and open up all the, all kinds of new experiences for her. So that's just one example, you know, given, given anal sex, but this applies to basically anything you want to do. All kinds of BDSM stuff. Maybe it's, it's uh, maybe you like to, uh, you know, uh, you're a bit of an exhibitionist. You'd like, like to do things like risque in outdoor locations or whatever. Obviously be very, very careful where you do that because of the Johnny Wall, but these are again all these things are things we can baby step a woman into by making sure that she's comfortable and 
And it's very, very important too that you're actually comfortable with it as well, because if you're not comfortable, then she will not feel comfortable. You have to lead her through the experience. So you have to be the one that's confident and comfortable in, in doing it in the first place. So yeah, that's a couple of things I'll say. I'll say in regards to like opening up uh, her sexuality like that. Obviously, and then ob obvious you can you can definitely talk about this stuff. I'm not saying you can't talk about it, but I think women tend to have a far more enjoyable, pleasurable experience when the man natu feels like it's na he's naturally leading her through a new experience, rather than saying, "Hey, babe, would you like to try out this or that?" Because hmm. sometimes she might not even know. Because she's never experienced it, like I said before. She, if she's never done it before, she never even considered it. Well, she, maybe she doesn't know. So you kind of you want you want to sort of baby step through, uh, baby step into it, and dabble into dabble in it, so she can see if she's actually into it or not. No, it's it's a fantastic answer because I've had very similar. You know, like oh, I don't know if I'm into that chatting about it. She wanted to try other things. And then it was a th thumb in. Then it was you know before you know it. She's pulling out the lube and saying, I want to try it. And I was thinking, that's fantastic because you're not pressurizing, you're kind of you're letting them explore. And it's quite sad that we have to go through the the rigma of, I'm a good girl, I don't do anything. And then as soon as you're in the bedroom, you get to know them. They want to do really debauched stuff. And you're like, why can't we just come out and say, I want to do this? Are you into that? All right, cool. Like, oh, let's. Hear. I want to get come back and have three of your friends watching, or whatever it is. And it's we have to play to societal rules. We have to pretend to be this image where, and then we don't always get our needs met. So you think how many people are in unhappy in marriages and stuff? It's it's really sad when I think about it. But you said there's a lot of people with very very boring dull sex lives because of that exact reason. I mean, you said, what was it, you get laid 10% more when you adopt the mindset that sex is a reward for her, not for you. So yeah. how how would we use that then going forward? You know, how can we, because we're working on our missions, we're getting into shape, we're going to the bar, we're using the three techniques you talked about earlier. But how do we take that, you know, we're killing the dopamine chasing that we've been doing with social media, et cetera. Um, but how do we use that mindset to then start killing it? Yeah, so I, I, I personally like this like this this mentality in the bedroom. Like, yeah, sex is a reward for her, not for you. I mean, think about it. Just, just think about it practically. Who's doing most of the work in the bedroom anyway? The guy is doing most of the athletic work. Oh yeah, um, I can I, I can tell you this for certain because every time I've met a a, a female porn star and she's done, like, let's say she's done like lesbian strap-on scenes with another woman, every, ask them every time. They're just like, damn, that was a lot of work. I'm like, yeah, that's what we have to do all the time. Oh, yeah. So, you know, even women will admit that the guys do all the, all the work. So, okay, you're doing all the work. All right. Women are typically a lot harder to please. You know, like women, it's, that's the kind of like the colloquial you know, known thing that takes women a lot longer to orgasm than it takes men. Okay. Women are a lot more... Uh, it's like a like a like it's like a pad like it's like a like a Rubik's cube. You got to kind of like figure out her exact combination to get to get her where she needs to get to. So there's more F. Not only it's more physically demanding, it's more like a more time involvement. So there's all these like if you didn't agree with that kind of like uh, frame of mind anyway, I'm here. I'm trying to convince you of it objectively, right? Even if you don't need to be convinced objectively, adopting this, adopting the mindset that sex is a reward for her, not for you. It creates the correct dynamic in the relationship because a woman wants to be with a guy that she finds sexy. A woman wants to be with a guy that she wants to please. A woman wants to be with a guy that she can like look up to. A woman wants to be with a guy that she uh, can can beg for sex in a way. So when you when you start you know, in a way that what that does is it kind of puts you on a pedestal instead of putting her on a pedestal. And so that makes your sex is a reward for her. That makes your time a lot more valuable. That makes your, your, your energy and your focus infinitely more valuable. Uh, I think that corrects the dynamic in the relationship that you have with a woman. And that allows you to then approach the bedroom in a far more confident manner and approach the bedroom in a far more dominant manner. Um, I personally am a big, and a big, I'm a big fan of like teasing a woman and, you know, and this, this all kind of ties into like daddy dom uh, BDSM type stuff 
But uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of making a woman beg for it. I'm a big fan of making a woman like teasing her, making her be patient and, and not giving her what she wants like immediately because women really, really enjoy the build-up. They really enjoy the suspense. They really enjoy the, the teasing aspect of sex. And that fundamentally actually makes it way, way, way easier to make a woman climax the more you can mm. sort of lay and build up that sexual tension over time in your interaction. That's going to make the orgasm infinitely, infinitely easier for you as a guy than if you just try to, you know, kind of jump in there a million miles an hour uh, and you know go to pound town like instantly. Yes, some women will totally enjoy that, and yes, that's very, very appropriate for like quickies down like an alleyway or something like that. So there's a time and a place for for everything. But uh, yeah, using using sex as a as like a reward, and this and again when it comes to re- to a relationship, it's also a way for you to reward her if she's doing good things in her life for you if she's she's behaving well or she's helping you and maybe she's helping you out around the house maybe she's helping you in, in your business maybe she's doing something nice for you maybe she cooked you a nice meal whatever it is okay then you can use sex as a reward for that positive behavior rather than because the, the the default dynamic that we have in the western world is like women reward men with sex right and that's what you see in all sitcoms all rom-coms is that dynamic is the dynamic of if he's a good little boy eventually she'll just drip feed him a little bit of sex here and there to placate him, to keep him doing things for her. Hmm. Okay. Well, like no one, no one seems to have a problem with that narrative being perpetuated throughout society, which I think is very, very toxic and not, uh, not at all conducive to a happy relationship anyway, because the woman ends up resenting the man, the dude, the dudes end up, dude ends up wasting so much time and energy running around in circles to try and get a little bit of pussy resent, resentful pussy. If that, so it's not a happy relationship. But if we flip that dynamic around, all of a sudden, everyone is happy. The dude's happier and the woman is way, way, way happier when that dynamic is completely flipped. I love it. I love how we overthink it. Because in my head, I, when I was creating these questions, I was thinking, it's this, it's that, and it's this. And I, you know, I was making it such a big image in my head where, in reality, it's like you're saying, it's the emotional ride you take them on, well, literally. You know, it's the what you're open to. Them. I mean, I'd love to have you back on, and we can go into a lot of actually what what you're doing in the bedroom, controlling, implement. You know, all these sorts of things. But I know we're sort um, we're past our time just now. But what would you want guys to take from this? You know, what would you want them to kind of remember to to use, even if it's like mission steps or if it's just a general reminder. What do you want them to take from this? Yeah, I, I want them to understand that sex is a learnable skill, like anything else. You know, uh, anyone can anyone anyone can learn it. Anyone can get better at it. Anyone can master it. Uh, I'd say that you're not like if you have an issue or a problem, you know, in the bedroom right now that you're that's kind of frustrating you. Know that you're not in a unique situation. It is fixable, and uh, plenty of other men have fixed the problems just like yours. Um, so don't you know, get your hopes down and don't fall into a pit of despair. I think those two things are very, very important. And uh, yeah, and, and third, I'd say, you know, make sure that you, that that's, you know, sex is a very important aspect of your life, but it's just, it's one aspect. So make sure that you are taking care of all these other aspects of your life at the same time, because they all compound on top of one another. You know, when your health's on point, you're, you're going to, you're definitely going to be way better in the bedroom, right? When you're, when you're, when your finances and your career is, is doing well, um, if you balance your life properly, then you're going to feel, again, you're going to feel better, more self-esteem. You're going to feel more confidence and that, again, will translate into every other area of your life. So, yeah, I think paying attention and trying to, uh, yeah, trying to make sure that all health, wealth, and relationships, all three areas of your life, are you are in some way, shape, or form working towards those and deriving your self-esteem, not from your, not necessarily from like being outcome dependent with your self-esteem, but being, uh, tying your self-esteem to the daily actions that you take is a, is a very, very healthy way of building your self-esteem and building your confidence as a man, in my opinion. I love it. I love it. I think we're just touching the surface. So, I mean, if you're up for it, I would love to go in some deeper, darker hole. <laughs> Sorry to wrong. But uh, what do you want the evolution of your brand to be? And how can people keep in touch? You know, because you've helped so many guys in this just, you know, as we're kind of covering the general areas, how can we follow on? How can we get the ebooks? Um, sign up for coaching. You know, do all the kind of stuff you're going because you're killing it in the business, etc. Where are you? Where are you taking this? What's 
the Starling mission. Yeah. I mean, my, my mission is to help as many men as I possibly can overcome any and all problems they have in the bedroom. Uh, I'm trying to help guys optimize their health optimize, and optimize their sex life. So on my YouTube channel right now, we're making a big push towards uh, getting out more like health and nutrition content, actually. Uh, teaching guys a lot more about hormones, teaching guys about, about nutrition, uh, diet, gut health, uh, these kind of things. I think I'm a, bit, I'm a big fan of that sort of stuff. Um, I have a fair bit of knowledge on it, so I think why not? And I can, I can, I also teach the sex stuff too, but I can help teach this side of, uh, you know, help guys to improve this aspect of their life because again, it's all, it's all encompassing, encompassing, it all helps, you know, one another. So that's kind of where the, the brand head. If people want to stay in touch with me, uh, sterlingcooper.com. Sterling spelled uh, like it is up here, S-T-I-R-L-I-N-G. Sterlingcooper.com is my website. You can sign up to my newsletter there. Uh, you can find my, my links to my YouTube and everything there, my Twitter, et cetera. If you want to go to any of my socials, again, type in Sterling Cooper on YouTube. I'm the first thing that comes up. You'll find me there. Uh, tons of free advice on, on a whole host of different topics. Uh, you know, We go into plenty of details on, on specific sexual techniques on that channel. My Twitter is at Sterling Wisdom. Uh, yeah, you can see my musings and ramblings there. And if you want to insight into my, my 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 life, my lifestyle, I guess, you go to my Instagram and that's at Cooper Sterling. It's the uh, the other way around. So that's where you can find find me and, and uh, yeah, stay up to date with with me and what I teach and, and the evolution of you know, this this random brand that I've created. <laughs>